Taiwan podcast, a bilingual podcast where every week we use Chinese and English to explore various social, cultural, and contemporary issues in the aim of giving our listeners a useful tool to improve either or both their English or Chinese language ability. What's up, guys? Just before we start the show, we want to let you guys know that if you're looking to support the show, we now have ways for you to do so. Now, producing these episodes takes a lot of time, and without any financial support, it's going to be difficult to say how long we're going to be able to keep this show going. However, now we've got some ways for you to show your support if you would like to via various platforms. For our China listeners out there listening to this podcast on Shimalaya, if you click on each episode and go to the description box, you will now find ways for you to support the show via AliPay and WeChat Pay. And for those who are listening abroad. If you'd like to show some love, you can send your donations to paypal.me/yishuantio, which is p a y p a l dot m e forward slash y i e s e a n t e o h, or you can subscribe to us on Patreon. All the links will be in the show notes below. In any case, thank you so much for your support. Regardless of whether or not you do donate, we are thankful and appreciative for all our listeners out there. We hope that you tune in to every episode. Thank you so much, and now back to the show. Welcome to the Chuan Chuan Podcast. My name is Sean, and my name is Victoria. And as a follow-up to、uh, the the last episode where we talked about the best things about living in China as a foreigner, this episode we're going to talk about the worst things about living in China as a foreigner. So I'm gonna say one thing, and then Vicky,、mm-hmm. she's gonna say one thing. So the first thing that I want to say is the worst thing about living in China for me is the internet situation. Now, for those who don't know, in China, websites like Facebook or apps like WhatsApp or BBC News, Google, YouTube, Google, YouTube, Wikipedia, Wikipedia, yeah, Wikipedia, <laughs> they're all blocked. And it wouldn't be such a problem apart from it really disrupts someone's ability to do work. So, like for example, if Vicky or I are doing some research, you know, two things that you really, really need: Google and Wikipedia. And Wikipedia. I mean, it's really, really helpful. And then also, if you're doing research on how to do things, you need YouTube. You need YouTube. The problem is, is that the Chinese versions, in my opinion, they're just not as developed. They're they're not good, and you, and you don't even have a lot of information inside on the website, so it's not good at all. Yeah.、Um, so I mean, we can we can. They lack of information. That's what I would say. We could do a quick run through. So we have YouTube in、um, the West, and and for me, like YouTube is like the best source for information. Like I basically learn everything from YouTube, and you. I even most of my news is it would probably come from YouTube. Just listen to people talk about the news, so you don't have to、um, go through the news yourself, which is just really time-consuming. They don't really have the equivalent here in China. You have TikTok,、mm-hmm. but TikTok is more Odoin. It's it's more like it's really short videos. Just for fun, for fun, kind of stupid. Something like best wines. Yeah, something like wines, but 
but not as creative. Like I saw, I literally, there's this one video, like this advert for uh, Douyin that I saw, which is these, oh, a man and a wife, they're eating watermelons. They're having like a watermelon eating competition. <laughs> and then above them, there's this like really fat lady and she sees the watermelon and she's like, oh my God, I really want to water- like eat the watermelon. So as they're eating during the competition, one of the contestants, the woman, she like puts the watermelon above her head and then the fat lady takes her watermelon and then she's like, da-da, I finished. And the husband's like, oh my God, how did you eat that watermelon so quickly? Hmm. It's like, that's like, that's the level of the entertainment. On it's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. It's really, really not funny. And then we also have Baidu. So Vicky and I, we use Bing in China. It's way better than Baidu. It's way better than Baidu, but it's not very good because a lot of the websites are blocked. Yeah, it like when you search something, you have... Uh, it shows you which website have the thing that you searched for and later when you cling- click on that website it won't open because it's been blocked you just need VPN to open it yeah which which defeats the point <laughs> yeah and on Baidu um, the, the biggest problem with the Chinese search engine market at the moment is that to get onto the first page you have to pay so basically the whole of the first page of Baidu or any of these Chinese websites are adverts essentially yeah so even if you type in literally the url like www.168.com that won't even be the first link Mm. that's going to be like the eighth or tenth link which is crazy like that's the whole point of search engine is to make life easier yeah don't you think put it in the beginning yeah so um, for me, the internet it's it's a it's a really really big issue. Yeah, with Baidu, the problem is also like when I was doing some research for my thesis or for some homeworks for my university, and uh, I searched something on Baidu in Chinese, right? And later I opened the website and there was only half text. And if you want to read another half of the text, you need to download the file. But if you want to download the file, you got to pay. So it's not even for free because some stuff is for free. Some stuff that you really need uh, to use, you just need to download it. And to download it, you need to pay. So so it's really not convenient. Yeah, yeah. And... If we go back to like other video websites like iQiyi and Yoku, which were meant to be the YouTube of China. No, it's mostly vid- like for for movies. Yeah, they're it- mostly for movies. But they do have like original content, but they've, they've gone away from that model. Mm. But they do have some. You have to watch a two-minute advert no matter how long the video you want to watch. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really it's crazy. True. Unless you buy like a VIP account. I yeah. had a VIP account, but I don't remember if I had ads or not. I, with VIP account, uh, I think allows you to watch the movies with the star, the blocked movies, okay. you know, like the best movies. Yeah. But I think you still have to watch the... The adverts. the adverts. Well, that's crazy. And uh, and the worst thing about the ICE is E. I don't know if you can turn it off, but like when you watch what's a movie on ICE, you have this comments on the screen on top of the screen uh, Chinese people just saying stuff about the movie and I don't know if you can like close it or not uh, yeah. yeah but I didn't know how to do it so I don't know but this was also really annoying because you you can't really see the movie you, that like 
one third of the screen is just the comments. Yeah, that's pe- actually really interesting. Yeah, it, it 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 is nice. It's Chinese culture. Yeah, I mean it's the young Chinese people's culture, and do you know why that is? Why? So in a lot of places in China, the options for entertainment are quite. Uh, slim. So, in a city of maybe eight million people, there may only be two cinemas Aww. or one bar or whatever. So, people just don't go out. So, when they watch movies online, mm-hmm. it's for them like going out. Oh, so they I like see. to have this idea that they're socializing. Yeah. But virtually. but it's quite nice because when you watch a movie, you can see what Chinese people think about it. Yeah. You can see their point of view, what they think. Some comments that were really funny. I, I don't remember any now, but I think that some of them I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some of the comments are really, really funny. I have to But say it that. is annoying to 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 see it while you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. This but is, maybe you can close it and turn it off I don't know I think the last personal uh, like gripe of mine I, I don't know if others have this feeling but for me I don't like downloading apps like there are some websites that you just don't use enough to warrant having the app on your phone because then you'll just have like hundreds of useless apps that you don't use and that over time slows down your phone and and you just you know you don't want that but every site that you go to for you to enjoy it fully wants you to download the app yeah I just don't understand that that's crazy I don't know I think that the companies get money like of course they get money for each download of the app right it's not they don't get money from the downloads do you know what it is it's because they want to push the um, notifications to to you what do you mean Um, so in London, to access the underground Wi-Fi, right? Mm-hmm. You basically you click the link, you put in your phone number, or whatever, and it and gives then you every time you connect to it, it'll like connect, and then it, there's like a pop-up window, uh-huh. and then you just press done, uh-huh. and then you've logged in already. Yeah, it's the same on the airport. Yeah, same as the airports, right? But in China, you if you go to the metro, app. you have to download the app. That's, I mean, like, why does the only that app is only useful for one thing, which is to connect the Wi-Fi? But I think you can also search news on it. Yeah, they want to put more stuff on it so you can use it longer, so they mm. can try and make more money. Oh, um, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and the only reason how they get you to open it is they'll send notifications. Because mm. when you have notifications, you're like, oh, fuck. number ten notifications on that notification. Yeah, button. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna click it. Even though I don't want to click it, so yeah. that that's that's the thing that I would find that I find quite annoying about Chinese internet. I think it's because most people connected on the internet through phones first. But if your first experience on the internet was using a computer, right, you realize that most of this stuff, all you need to do is enter a web, yeah, and you can get most of the functionality. So. Vicky, what's the thing that you don't like most about China? Uh, well, it's definitely the administration. Okay. Getting stuff done in China, it's it's like a horror for me. Because whenever I have to do something, they, let's say do do the visa. When, when we got our baby, we had to do the visa for him and make the passport right. And uh, let's talk about the visa. They send us from one office to another office. And you actually don't know which place is right. Like, for example, 
uh, I booked an appointment online and we went to this place, to this office in one place and they said, oh, you can't do the visa today. You can't do it because you don't have this document. You need to do this document. You need to have this document. And we were like, uh, but last time we, when you said, you, uh, you said that we don't need to have this document. You said that we have all the documents. We just need to make a new appointment. And they were like, no, but you need this document. Without this document, you can't, you can't make the visa. So we were like, okay, like now we need this document and we need to go to this place to get this document. So the same day we went to the other office to get this document done and they said, oh, you don't need this document. You have a baby's passport already. So if you have passport, you don't need this. And we were like, okay, so can we do the visa today? And they said like, no, because you chose the, uh, the wrong, the, the wrong address. This, the, the appointment that you uh, made wasn't for this office. It was for another one. So you can't get it done today. You need to come here another day. And we were like, what? So I think that in China, administration is really messy. Uh, people don't really, like with this lady in this one office, she really didn't know what what we need. And they just send you from one place to another and you just waste time and they don't give you enough information. They just expect you to know everything. And if you're a foreigner and you don't really speak the language, I think it's really hard. Although I do speak the language, I still think that it's really hard because people don't don't tell you all the documents you need. You ask them, what do I need? You actually ask them, what do I need? And they give you a list of what you need. And later, when you have the, the all the documents that they gave you, they say, oh, it's not enough. You still need this document. And you're like, but I didn't know about this. And they say, well, but you should know. And you are like, but how should I know about it? You didn't tell me. And they say, well, you should have asked. And you're like, well, we ask what documents we need, but they just expect you to ask, do I need this document or do I need this document? They just want you to, to know it. I don't even know what they want you to know. They just expect you to know everything and ask the right questions. But you don't know what the right questions are. Don't you think, Sean? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think like one of the biggest issues about this is that there's, there is a big culture difference in that Chinese people believe that people with more authority should be able to tell people with less authority what to do. So we call this like a power distance gap where, you know, employers have a lot more control over their employees in China than you would say in Poland or in the UK. So because of this, you know, the people who are in charge, like people dealing with the documents and in an administration, they think you should already know this and we don't need to tell you and we're right and you're wrong because they already feel like they have this power distance, you know. You're coming to me, you have to respect me. What I say yeah, is true. Yeah, I think, I think this is true. Yeah. And then I would say that the last thing that I kind of find a little bit annoying is that if being a foreign student in China, a lot of the dormitories, not all of them, I know some in uh, Sun Yat-sen didn't have this, but most dormitories have curfews whereby you have to go back to your dorms before 11 o'clock. Yeah. And I think that 
the whole point of student life is to, you know, enjoy the nightlife, have people come over, have small parties, have like a social life. And I, I don't think they have that in China. No, they they don't. They definitely don't have it. And I don't think they try to encourage the mainland students to mix with the foreign students. No, I I can't see it happening. I really can't see it happening. What do you mean? Like in my uni. As you know, right? There yeah. are different dorms for foreigners and different dorms for Chinese people. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I really can't see uh, Chinese people living with foreigners. I don't. I I really I can't see it. Do you think that is because it's the school's policy? Is it because of culture difference? I think it's both. Yeah, it might be both. Like the way. Foreigners like to socialize, is to go out to parties. It's totally different than Chinese. And let's say, for example, Chinese dorms, one room is like six people. I don't think any person from Europe or US would like to live in one room with five other people. They would prefer to pay more money and rent an apartment or rent a room outside. I don't think any would be able to put up with that. You see, the thing is, is If you're renting with six people, the best thing for you to happen in that situation is if you're at least six friends yeah. who, are, who are similar. Yes, Sean, it's true that are, the, the friends are similar, but, but it leaving, never happens. yeah, it never happens. Yeah. Like even if you go for holidays with your friends and you really and and you and your friends live in a rent a house, let's say, yeah, and spend with them in two weeks or even one month after a couple of days or sometimes there always will be arguments of course but like what I, my, my point is is say for example you're a dorm with six boys and you didn't have like a curfew and you could just like hang out and stuff you know and you could party you maybe you could like have like a boys dorm where like everyone likes to party and will have drinks and they'll drink at night and play video games yeah, that would be that would be quite nice yeah or but there always a, will be this one person that wants to study you know well, or wants to go early to stay, sleep in so in the west i think if we they had this system they would allow people to swap rooms so like maybe you you could have a one room which is the quiet room and then one room which is the noisy room and you know you can swap people and people can go in like yeah. we would in um in our in the UK we have some dormitories they're like known to be the party dorm so if you go and live at that dorm be prepared to for it to be noisy for mm-hmm. people want to go out for drinking or whatever like you expect that to be in that dorm if you yeah, don't want that I think in China it's forbidden <laughs> well yeah that's the thing that's the problem and so it makes I don't even know if it's forbidden it just sounds forbidden yeah exactly that's <laughs> it, it sounds forbidden <laughs> so it just really makes socializing difficult yeah it's I think it's quite strange that Chinese people only like to socialize one on one or two and two and also I know for a fact they don't go out that often no, they don't. So essentially, they'll meet once a week with the same two group of friends. Yeah, same group of friends, and then apart from that, they're basically um, spending time at home, watching, watching TV, yeah. playing on their phone, studying. Is this a life that you could live? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think for me, this is the worst part about China because it makes making friends really difficult. It's true. So. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, that was Vicky and I's take on the worst things about China, and we、we'll、hope to see you next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.